Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the 27th podcast about the NBA trade deadline. You're going to hear on this uh, fine network of podcasts, the Sports Ethos Network. Um, I've actually considered looking at the numbers of who listens to this show. It's like a cool, small collection of people who listen. I was considering playing licensed music and like doing a soundboard but that just takes too much effort because like no one would ever know or pay attention but uh we're just we're just some friends hanging out reminiscing about movies and streaming services and tv shows and whatnot but uh i I guess we'll talk about the nba trade deadline and some other nonsense uh this is super max i'm your host jared russo i'm also here with co-host jared ross king hello and we're here with our favorite guest. Don't tell the other guests that we said that. Uh, our former film professor and current film professor and hardcore NBA fanatic, Professor John. Hey, y'all. Good to be back. It was uh, really, I mean, such a disappointing and slow trade deadline. They overhype us every year, and we just always so little action this time, right? It, it was a pretty boring deadline. I uh, I just like blinked and I was like, oh, it's over. Oh, wait, like a million trades have gone down is what it felt like. Um, I don't know how many times in our group text, John, you you said the exact words best trade deadline ever. But it was more than yeah. once. Yeah, two or three times. Um, I mean, I think I said I think I said it before any of the deals that actually happened today because three amazing deals happened in the just since Sunday. Um, and then a bunch more happened today. And what's crazy is still OG Anunoby is in Toronto and John mm-hmm. Collins is in Atlanta. Uh, and I think if uh, I had told I think if I anybody had told you that before this year's deadline, you would have believed all those articles out there that said, well, because there's so much parity, there's not going to be that much action at the deadline. And you're going, oh, well, if OG and Unobi and John Collins are still playing for the same teams that they were before the deadline, after the deadline, then those guys were right. There was nothing that happened at the deadline, and that would be a dead wrong take. Yeah. I, I do want to say this real quick. I think John Collins is going to retire as a Hawk because he is like – skirted through the trade deadline, skirted through being traded so many times and not moved. I'm pretty sure he ends up staying in Atlanta until he's like 35 and retires. So even as a free agent, both him and the Hawks would just say yes. I'd be like, you know what? Well, uh, just it's like, it's like that. It's like when you're in a relationship and you can't quite, uh, can't quite shake it. You're just like kind of sticking with it. We'll work through it. Um, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, uh, you just keep going, keep going. And you're like, oh no, we're like 60 and married. Shit, how'd this happen? Well, I'm going to break everyone's hearts. Um, today was the first day that, um, we didn't have our boss around at Dig. I work for Dig.com. Our boss's last day was yesterday. So now we're like down a person. So it was like really short staffed. And so like I had to like work and like I basically worked through the trade deadline and like basically missed all of it. Um, I only got to be a part of Twitter when the Durant stuff was breaking for a bit and then I went to sleep. So like I basically like have have like missed most of the jokes and memes, which 
breaks my heart because that's like the best part of being on Twitter. Um, well, you know, it's what's funny is a uh, mutual friend of all of ours, uh, VJ, big Nets fan, texted me last night about 11. Yeah, not games. anymore. He's like, <laughs> he's like uh, he goes, I think they might trade KD. I think he wants out. And I was like, no, dude, there's no way. I went he to told bed us about that last summer. I went to, yeah, I went to bed at midnight and I was like, just whatever, dude, calm down. He's going to be there. He'll be fine. And uh, then I woke up at like four o'clock and I looked at my phone and like my phone has blown up because Kevin Durant is on his way to Phoenix. Uh, so that was kind of shocking to me. Um, even after the Kyrie trade, I thought they were going to do what they could to keep him around. I thought, you know, getting guys like Dorian Vane, Smith, Spencer Dibwitty would at least convince him to stay for the rest of the season. Um, maybe not long term, but to see Kyrie and Katie traded separately two days apart is uh, pretty shocking to me. And uh, it's got to suck for every Nets fan out there who witnessed what could have been the greatest trio of guys together outside of maybe uh, LeBron and Bosch and Wade in this century. Um, just not coalesce the way they thought they would 16 games yeah, together for those three. They're no, they're no bird. Havel chick, Mikhail, but um, there, first of all, there are no Nets fans. That's a myth. They don't exist. Um, People buy the jerseys of Nets players because they like those players, but no one's a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. That please. Um, and secondly, we're going to, we're going to jump into all this stuff, but I do have to preface this with no one should be shocked or surprised. He told us he wanted out. The betting favorite and the most likely destination based on his preference sheet and his friendship with Devin Booker was Phoenix. The fact that it happened ye- yesterday or like last night, I think was was really accelerated from a deal that would have happened this summer, mostly because of the new ownership. So it was sort of like a like a bunch of stuff that like should have happened and would have happened got accelerated because the new owner got his hands in the cookie jar and went, let's just throw all the cookies at the other team for Kevin Durant. Um, so it's a thing that happens quite mm-hmm. often when you get new owners, they want to make that big move, that big splash. And most of the time it actually doesn't work out. But um, in this case, you know, getting Kevin Durant, one of the very best players in the league onto your team. And I like Mikhail Bridges, but I'd, I'd rather have Kevin Durant. You know, ten times out of ten. Um, uh, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna direct you to discuss the fantasy implications of this, but I will point out Kevin Durant's age. He's hurt. His history of being hurt, and uh, also the Brooklyn Nets are no longer a basketball team. They're they're a free court where people just store their art for. To, to just hold it there so they don't have to get taxed on it. Um, just wanted to point that out because it seemed like Oklahoma City used to be the free port and then now is Utah, but now I feel like it's going to be Brooklyn for a while. So uh, let, let's let's dive in here. Does this change anything fantasy-wise for Phoenix? Um, before we get into that, I do want to mention, because nobody's talked about this from the Brooklyn side, really. There were reports today, and because there were about a thousand trades. This probably slipped through some folks' feed. Um, I don't remember if it was like I don't think it was Ramona Shelburne. It was it was somebody of her ilk reported that the meeting Durant took with Sean Marks before he didn't exactly rescind his trade request, but was like basically I'm gonna be here 
Um, basically, Sean Marks had assured him that if the season went sideways, they would find a new home for him. That's why what happened last night happened last night, because otherwise it would have happened before the season. They would have had to blow up their whole roster. Um, you know, and obviously once once Kyrie asked out, then it was just a matter of time for Marks to to honor that promise he made and being somebody. Who, uh, like ben Simmons definitely makes you want to leave. <laughs> well, and Sean Marks being somebody who came up under, you know, came up in the Spurs organization, knows what integrity is about, and he kept his promise. Anyway. Take a, take a shot. <laughs> Professor John mentioned the Spurs. Uh, <laughs> all right. Fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy implications. For, for Phoenix, because I don't really think anything changes for Phoenix. I think all the changes for fantasy are happening in Brooklyn, but that's just my take. What do you think? I think it. Katie's going to get his Booker's going to get his, you know, with the caveat that they have to stay healthy. Uh, Booker's been out for like two months. Uh, Katie has been out for about a month. Um, Chris Paul has to be load managed. If Chris Paul can stay on the court, honestly, I think his value might get a little bit of a bump because he's going to be more efficient. He's not going to, um, he's not going to have to carry as much of a load. He's going to be setting up two of the best pure scorers. And he still has a big to finish on pick and rolls. So I think we may see a, a throwback level of efficiency from Chris Paul and only throwback to like two years ago when they made their finals run. But I think we'll see that level of efficiency from him. Um, whoever plays that fifth spot, is that TJ Warren? I think it's um, TJ Warren. I think it'd be great if it was T.J. Warren. I love the comeback that T.J. Warren has made. Um, I think he deserves a start. He started the last time he played for Phoenix. I don't know who's left <laughs> from the last time he played in Phoenix, like in terms of management, coaching staff, anything like that. But I would love it to be T.J. Warren. Um, that that was going to be my my follow up question to to mm-hmm. J.R.K. Like, who the hell else is on the Phoenix uh, Suns roster? And I would imagine they get a bunch of playing time because I can't name any other Phoenix Suns right now. I mean, they, they they lost some bench depth. Uh, Cam Johnson's they lost out. Darich. Um, they lost Darich. Yeah, uh, Dario Saric went in a, a separate trade. Uh, Bridges obviously out. Um, right now, they are playing without Kevin Durant, obviously because he wouldn't be available even if he was healthy today to to play. Um, and they're playing without uh, Devin Booker. So t- tonight, for instance, against the Hawks, which they're playing right down the road, uh, their starting lineup this today had guys like Damian Lee. And uh, Jock Landale. Oh, Jock Landale. Oh, of course. Uh, and Tori Craig, who will probably end up being the starter at small forward once they're all healthy and rounded out. Um, but even even the uh, even the bench is not great. Saban Lee is there. Um, Cameron Payne. I mean, he's hurt right now. Once he comes back, we've seen him have flashes of of uh, good play. I'm not gonna say great play. Um, Ish Wainwright. Think, like, these are names I haven't even heard of. It was an oh, Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright. You're making that up. That's a real guy. No. Magic legend Bismack Biombo. He's still there. Yeah. I think we could see some of the best. Uh, you know, we could see some good Landry Shamit. The flashes that we've seen of him in the past. Like you think about, you throw him once he's healthy. Court. Yeah, once exactly, but. You throw him out on the court with three of any of the four stars they have, he's going to get open books. 
and they're going to be wide open looks because how can you not leave, you know help off him? So yeah, I think think if Payne and Shamit and those folks can get healthy, we're probably going to see the best Tory Craig we've seen. Um, and you know, but I'm rooting for not for fantasy purposes because he's on your team, JRK, not mine. But I'm rooting for DJ Warren just because I like the guy as a player and he's missed. We've been without him since the bubble and uh, yeah. we've been without him for way too long. And if if this gives us more TJ Warren in a in a spot where he's going to get open looks, he's going to get open scoring opportunities because you have to account for all the other four on the floor, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do think, you know, you, you guys bring up good points because of the injury concerns on this team. You know, we've seen Chris Paul go down for a period of time. We've seen obviously uh, Booker and, and Kevin Durant go down for a period of time. TJ Warren's barely played over the last, what, three seasons. I, I am concerned about the Phoenix Suns as a legit contender based simply off. Can they stay healthy? If everybody is even and everybody's healthy, then yeah, you can obviously consider them a a real uh, championship contender. All those guys have good fantasy implications, but it all comes down to health. Can you stay on the court? And and right now, the track record for the guys that are wearing Suns uniforms is not particularly great. I've, all right, I've, I would concur. Well, okay, one. That's good to know. You concur. I'm gonna go and segue into the net side because they have a completely new roster so we need to figure out who to add but my short answer is add everyone and it seems like cam thomas is the waiver wire pickup of the year cam uh, thomas what's... or cam johnson <laughs> oh cam thomas i out here's the problem there's two cams i can't remember which there one's are. which yeah cam yeah. thomas you're right continue the yeah. guy who you bet on to put up 40 every night uh, yeah, he seems no, he's like doing the pickup of the year. And Edmund Sumner? Sure, why not? If there's a Brooklyn Net, just add him. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we, we there's a little bit more stability than that because if you are a lucky Nick Claxton owner, oh. he is going, and he's on an under $10 million contract, that can be an anchor for some fantasy lineups. Um, you, I, I do think Cam Thomas is going to get plenty of opportunities. He's certainly the fantasy pickup of the week, and I'm very glad that I made that pickup. Uh, but we have no idea. Bro. We have no idea how sustainable this is because we got really up. Yes, we do. We know. We don't know. It's the how most that... sustainable. It's, it's because you picked him up. It is sustainable. That That's how that, that this works. <laughs> Jerk. Um, Cam Johnson, I I think Cam Johnson's the future, even over DFS. DFS will come out for uh you know for defense, but I see you know the lineup of the you know, probably the rest of the year, probably the playoffs or play in, depending on how far they fall without KD and Kyrie. Um and then who knows what happens this summer. But if we were just to to forward project from who they have now, I would think their starting five would be Dan Witte, Cam Thomas, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Claxton. Probably won't be Cam Johnson, though, 
they'll probably bring him off the bench because, or every other night based on matchup, they'll either throw out DFS or Cam Johnson. But Cam Johnson can hold his own on defense. He just can't erase you like Dorian Finney-Smith can. So I think it'll be matchup dependent, which one of those gets the four. Um, but I think that those are the five. I, I don't remember who in our league has Spencer Dinwiddie, but Hello. I think uh, you're about to make a run as well. Obviously not nearly as cheap as Cam Thomas, but for somebody who's a still $20 million player, not haven't even you know barely cracked $20 million, you're going to get some good production out of him because he's going to be the distributor. Cam Thomas, the biggest weakness is in his game uh, offensively is he's not a distributor. He's not a ball handler. He, right. He's a scorer. He's a pure scorer. But Dinwiddie is going to be the distributor to all these guys. I mean, Mikhail Bridges has handled more than he has his whole career because of all the health problems in Phoenix. But he's not the guy that you want running an offense and doing most of the ball handling. Certainly, you don't want Cam Johnson or DFS doing that. You want to, you know, throw them spot up shots. You're not going to have Nick Claxton run everything. And yeah, there is the guy, you know, that three years ago you would have said, oh, well, Ben Simmons is going to be running everything. <clears throat> Nobody knows what to do with Ben Simmons right now. I, I'm I'm mildly surprised that Ben Simmons didn't get traded someplace like Charlotte um, I'm, at the time today. I that that is him not being traded. Him being traded would have been the most shocking thing to me. Yeah. Because who who wants yeah. him? No one. That's the issue. It's not do it's you, not does finding Euro a match on him. Does China like, League want him? I think it's pretty easy if we're just talking about straight up putting in a trade machine and finding uh, matches salary wise, getting some draft picks. But nobody wants to take him on. That's the issue. Is like you don't know what you're going to get. You 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 might like right now the best version of him that we see out there right now is getting seven assists, seven rebounds, ten points, and you're paying him what thirty seven million per year. 30, that's 30, that's not worth it. It's still thirty three. But let me just. I mean, I realize y'all did your your all your fake trades before it, but since I mentioned Charlotte, you wouldn't trade Gordon Hayward and his 37-year-old body that's been broken up all the time. Maybe he's not 37. But, like, you're, Charlotte's not getting any better production out of him. And Simmons, there is still room to grow. You don't know whether you'll get it. But Hayward's not going to get better in the next three to five years. Hey, guess what? Simmons ben Simmons could. doesn't enjoy They're playing basketball. He will not get horrible contracts. No. That's the big um, issue. Jared just hit right on it. We, we don't know if he wants to play basketball. No, he doesn't. He well, doesn't want to play basketball. He's like, not improving. It, He's getting worse. He has the yips. Get out of the league. Get out of the league. Useless. Dud. Out. Negative value. Yeah. It feels like entirely trauma. like a situation where he's kind of like, he's almost a trust fund kid where he's just yeah. sitting there. He yep. knows he's got the money coming and he's like, you know what? Yep. I'll... I'll I'll be here in person. Uh, by the way, just just uh, we can uh, go ahead and he has two more years. He makes thirty five million this year. Um, if I'm the Charlotte Hornets or I'm the insert name of team here, I don't want that. I don't no. want that on my team. The only year that I'm going to take a chance on it is in that very last year. If I'm looking at a twenty one team, I'm like, yeah, might as well try and see what we can get. But how many, there's how there's many no chance. Playing? How many years are left on Hayward's deal? I believe this is the last one. Let me double check. I oh, it's so got, much easier to just clear him, buy him out, I get believe, him off your books, and then start fresh. I believe he's got two years, too. Charlotte Hornets. Update. Why is the internet so slow here? 
Oh, Atlanta. He has one year left after this one at $31 million. That's expired. You can get rid of him. Um, I, I want to put a bow on this and and say Ben Simmons, uh, he sucks. And if <laughs> you need to pick up some cheap players or people who have tremendous upside, pick up every single Brooklyn net imaginable. Uh, just except for except for Ben Simmons that I don't even consider him to be an NBA player anymore. So next we're going to go to the other big ish trade. Uh, this Lakers T wolves jazz situation. And I'm going to start with JRK. Um, when does someone bite the bullet and pick up Russell Westbrook in our league? when he gets bought out by the jazz. You know what? I mean, I think, I I think he's worth the risk once he becomes like, what it's like a $1.5 million player or something like that. Um, I don't know what deal he'll sign, but it'll be not a $8 billion like it is now. Right. Once he gets down to like the single millions, I think he's worth the, worth the risk. If you're in a salary cap league, why not take him on see what he can do. He's going to end up. I, I really believe he's going to end up in Miami. Miami is done with Kyle Lowry. Jimmy Butler has said that he wants somebody like Russell Westbrook in the past. But then again, he also said Kyle Lowry is going nowhere just yesterday or the day before. Um, I would have tried to move Kyle Lowry if I was the Heat. But I think Russell Westbrook going to the Heat would be great for them. It would be good for him. Uh, I, I really think that's where he's going to end up. I would have said the Clippers, but I think getting Eric Gordon and uh, who's the other point guard they got today? They got another one. Uh, oh, Bones Highland. Bones Highland. Yeah, there he is. Thank you. Bones Highland. Getting both of them, I think, kind of negates the idea of him ending up there. I think it's much, much more likely he ends up in Miami. I was hearing the, the Bulls. Um, John. Going to, Bulls are going to pursue him. Um, it's really going to come down to where does he think he's going to touch the ball the most? Um, or who are his best friends. You know, Paul George is the one who's doing the recruiting for the Clippers. Have they, you know, mended whatever might've happened when George was like, sure, I'll, I'll, you know, trade me on out of here, which really started the downfall of turning Russell Westbrook into a journeyman. You know, if they've mended fences over that, then Paul George might have a serious selling point and still be able to get him to the Clippers. And the Clippers will just be an embarrassment of uh, riches because when Russell Westbrook is not being paid $47 million and not being asked to be a spot-up shooter, and instead he's being paid basically veteran minimum and actually gets to run the offense, yeah, that that counts as an embarrassment of riches. Um, and that's going to be the case wherever he goes on a buyout, whether that's Miami, whether that's Chicago, whether that's L.A. Those are really the only three destinations that I think we really need to worry about right now. Miami is certainly incredibly viable. Um but if you think about it, Chicago could probably slot him in as their starting point guard right now. They're starting Ayo Desunmu, Ayo Desunmu, who who was really good last year as a rookie and has been much more hit and miss this year. Yep. And Russell Westbrook could be a starter again. Would he start over Kyle Lowry in Miami? I mean, we might start him over Kyle Lowry in Miami, but there's a you know, there's a pecking order, hashtag heat culture. Uh, L.A., would he start there? Would he run the second unit? We don't really know. But in Chicago, you give him the ball and you let him run the offense. 
Um, and you play Levine off him, you play DeRozan off him, you play Booch off him, um, and he's the one distributing everywhere. And so I think that's where the appeal would be, but Chicago's not really going anywhere. LA's going to make a playoff run. Miami always ends up going further than you think they should with the roster they have because, again, hashtag heat culture. Uh, so, you know, what are the priorities? Does Does he want to play a bigger role on a team that's probably a play-in team at best in Chicago? Or does he want to have a chance at winning a playoff series in Miami? Or does he want a chance to take it to the conference finals or beyond in L.A., but kind of just be a cog in the machine? That's really what we have to try to figure out with Russ. From a fantasy salary cap league standpoint, whichever one of those, I totally agree with uh, with King that we should uh, we should all be willing to take a flyer on it. Um, but I think how well that pays off is going to very much depend where he actually lands. Well, he should land on the Orlando Magic and get paired up again with Patrick Beverly. <laughs> Beverly will uh, be bought out, by the way. It's just a case oh, that hasn't. Yeah, he's never going to play for the Magic. Uh, uh, he could he could whip that locker room into shape. Wait, so, I mean, if you look at the Magic's rotation, though, it's a lot of young guys. Even Terrence Ross is basically out of the rotation. Who do you sit to give Patrick Beverly minutes? Oh, I was kidding, but Markel Fultz. Uh, so let's oh, let's get move out of on. here. Get let's out of here. Before we move on from Pat Bev, real quick, just dark horse to watch for where Pat Bev might end up. Might end up back with the Clippers if they don't get Russ. LOL. The the strong contender right now for Pat Bev is the former Pat Bev home, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, get out. I have read from forget which person uh that was doing reporting on the Timberwolves that that's actually unlikely to happen, but I've also seen speculation that it very well could happen. Um if it's not the Timberwolves, I'd say just keep an eye out for the Clippers because that kind of situational role where you're basically just going to say at any given moment, Tyron Lou is going to – you don't know which five guys are going to be on the court. He could need Pat Bev. He could need you know, Terrence Mann. He could need Bones. He could need Eric Gordon. You have no idea what Tyron Lou is going to do, and Pat Bev would be you know a good quiver in your – or arrow in your quiver to, to throw out there. Um, right. So a good just quiver in your bigger quiver. Yeah. It's also not like he, uh, it's not like he left the Clippers on bad terms or anything. So uh, out of all the players involved in this Lakers, T wolves, jazz deal, uh, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Damian Jones, Nikhil Alexander, Walker, Conley, uh, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell. None of them are interesting. For a salary cap league, except for Jerry yeah. Vanderbilt, correct. Uh, that's the only that's the only name that is interesting. Uh, we will skip this Pacers Bucks Crowder Hill Abaca thing because that also is like super not relevant. Uh, and we're going to move on to, I guess we'll. I'm going in order of this list. I sent every. Oh, I sent one person in this chat. Uh, <laughs> Mo Bamba's on the Lakers. Yeah. That's Anything there or no? 
He's on the Lakers. Good for him. I think I think if we had a full season, I think you could see a couple good months from Bamba. I think with only the time we have now to get the, the rotation set for the playoffs, it's a wild card. You he very well could end up, you know, we mm-hmm. that might be the strategy to keep AD intact is play him less at the five. And then Bamba gives you the size to do that. And he still doesn't totally kill your spacing, at least in theory. Um, and, and then you, you know, you bring in Vanderbilt as kind of like a high energy guy off the bench. Um, but you very well could see Bamba barely sniff the rotation as well. And just be, you know, in case of emergency break glass. Oh, in other words, break AD because AD will, is made of glass and may get broken. And then you well have done. to bring him. Well um, done. Uh, Mo, Mo Bamba gets paid $10 million. He, he is not a candidate to be picked up. Uh, I wanted to scroll past and get to the Clippers because we kept talking about the Clippers. That was a good well, transition. I, there's one trade here that I really actually find quite interesting. I'd love to get John's take on it. And it's the three-teamer between the Hawks, the Pistons, and the Warriors. Oh, and the Blazers, I guess. It's a four-teamer. Um, Hawks get Sadiq Bay, Pistons get James Wiseman, Warriors get Gary Payton, Blazers get uh, Kevin Knox and like 7,000 second-round picks. Um, are any of those three guys interesting to you, John, in a salary cap league? Uh, Sadiq Bay is probably already owned, but what about Wiseman or Payton? All right. Well, I actually own two guys who are majorly affected probably for the worst by this trade. Sadiq Bay, I own, and he's going into the the – wasteland that is the Hawks front court where you would never know which forward is actually going to perform on a given night. Um, and saw some, I think it was Mark Spears reporting that the Pistons are going to try to start Wiseman, which basically made me want to break something. Cause I also have Jalen Duran on my team. And if Jalen Duran is not starting Jalen Duran, who is younger than Wiseman has already proved more just in his rookie year than Wiseman in three years of the league. And if if that production is going to get yanked out from under me, I'm I'm going to have some words for Troy Weaver. Um, uh but anyway, uh and then who was the fourth oh who a oh, Warriors get Gary Payton Jr. like from a fantasy standpoint, I don't really think that matters. It's irrelevant, yeah. From an NBA standpoint, they have missed Gary Payton the second, not junior, the se- they've missed Gary Payton the second. Um, Which is throughout, also junior. Not necessarily. Oh. Um, in, this, in this case, it is, but you don't name them. That it's not necessarily. We, we won't get into that pedantic, uh, di- what the difference is. But GP2, uh, they missed him. From a basketball standpoint this year, because he is a good stopper, a good cutter, um, you know, plays way bigger than his size. Uh, so you can actually deploy him as a wing, even though he's uh, the height of a point guard, but he's got length, he's got skill. Um, they will appreciate him in a real NBA sense. I don't think that does anything for his numbers. Um, lacking Wiseman, I mean, Wiseman wasn't putting up numbers in – Golden State anyway, so it's not like anybody there gets a big boost with him out of the picture. Um, I mean, Portland 
uh, ended up having uh, Kevin Knox got, got rerouted there. Kevin Knox is not going to do anything in Portland. The two people that they're actually trying out to see if will they'll stick are Matisse Tybel and Cam Reddish. One of those guys might pop. Um, that isn't part of the four-teamer, but since Portland's part of the four-teamer, I mean, who knows? Tybel could fit. Uh, Red, you know, Reddish has been basically keeping us all uh, tantalized by his potential since that Atlanta Hawks playoff run a couple of years back, but he's never actually really capitalized on it. So, you know, maybe he does in Portland. If he does, that's uh, that's really interesting. But also, there's the same Cam Reddish who has never capitalized on it. So, are you going to really rush out and spend your waiver priority on Cam Reddish? No. And if, you, and, if, and if you're Tom Thibodeau, you don't actually even realize that Cam Reddish is a person who plays in the NBA. Um, you thought he was like your equipment boy or something like that, that you, you know, is not even part of your active roster. Um, I, I, I'm Real quick, Sadiq Bey, there was a tweet where he was going to Golden State before we found out he was being rerouted. And I went, oh, Golden State, okay. Like I was, I was excited. really excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, that's we, a smart move. I think and it was then, Kevin O'Connor no. was really excited from the Ringer. He was talking about how well Sadiq Bay, uh, the the offense at Villanova that Sadiq Bay, Josh Hart, and Jalen Brunson all played in and won national titles in. It's a motion based offense, just like the Golden State offense is a motion based offense. And Sadiq Bay has already actually had a pretty good 2023. His 2022 wasn't that great, but he's had a pretty good 2023 um, this season. And the fact that he was going to go to an offense like that, the fact that he could slide in at that three spot, he could play next to Wiggins. He can also play next to Green. That would have been a beautiful fit from a fantasy standpoint. I was really excited. That would have been a beautiful fit from a basketball standpoint. And I just, I frankly have no idea why Golden State would rather have five second round picks than Sadiq Bay. Uh well and I guess and Gary Payton. But uh didn't it, Sadiq Bay put up like 50 last season? Yeah. He had, yeah, he had a good he basically I guess we would say he doesn't have a good fall. He he doesn't usually start his season strong. Calendar flips and he's strong. That's why I drafted him this year. And I was you know, regretting it, kicking myself the whole time, and then he started to turn it on. And then now, like Not I said, anymore. he's stuck in the black hole of the Hawks front court where John Collins didn't get moved. Um, oh. You've got DeAndre Hunter half the time when he's not hurt. You've got um, Bogdan plays up to the three at some times. They've got Jalen Johnson they're trying to get minutes. They've got uh, A.J. Griffin they're trying to get minutes. Sometimes they slide a Kongwu down so that they can get him minutes. It's like there's just too many people vying for the minutes at the two forward spots in Atlanta. And maybe Bay, you know, right now for me, he's a hold. But, you know, once there's probably, you know, I'm going to probably have to make a decision fairly quickly um, on how long to hold him. Uh, If they slot him right in, like, I can see a very functional front court being Sadiq Bay at the three and DeAndre Hunter at the four, and maybe Collins is like your your major front court offensive threat 
uh, on the second unit, but they're paying John Collins $23 million. Somehow that, I mean, Lakers just paid Russell Westbrook $47 million to be their sixth man for half a year. So maybe that logic doesn't hold, but I, I don't know. I just don't see Collins being <laughs> on the second unit. Logic has nothing to do with any of this anymore. Um, Your logic right, so- means nothing here. It do- yeah, it really doesn't in the NBA. Uh, so I'm going to try to speed through as many of these as possible because we are chewing up the clock. Um, I'm a Jakob Pertl owner in another league, and uh, I don't feel particularly great about his shipment to Toronto for fantasy. Um, what what's the what are the Raptors doing? I thought they were going to be sellers, and then they just they make this one move, and that's it. We we, we do not have time to get into this, but apparently. A number of teams in the East went, oh, Durant's gone? Oh, we don't have to do anything. I mean, I don't I don't think Pirtle in Toronto is going to be as bad for his stats as you think because he's still – he's a low-usage player. He was – like, there wasn't too many people for him to compete with in San Antonio, but he was a low-usage player there putting up numbers. There are more places for the ball to go in Toronto, but – He's still a low-usage low player. He's getting you points by blocking shots, by rebounding, sometimes getting you know sneaky high steals and assists for a center. Um, he kills you on the free throw line, but he was going to do that in San Antonio too. Um, and he probably stays on the floor a little bit more just because the games don't turn into blowouts as easily in Toronto as they did in San Antonio this year. So he may, he may take a – a step back, but on a $9 million deal, he's not taking the step back on his $9 million deal that Mason Plumlee's taking on his $9 million deal by going to the Clippers. Oh, I'm not, I'm not advocating for someone to drop him. You can't, you keep him, but the fantasy gold mine of this season and what could have won a lot of people, a lot of leagues is I say this every single time we record. Do I not Jared Roskang? If you, you own a bunch of Spurs like Trey Jones, you magically won. I knew what you were going to say. I already knew it. You win. Oh, I had Kelvin Johnson. I won because the Spurs don't have anyone, and they the guys who actually have playing time put up just the best garbage stats. Ah, oh, it's just delicious garbage stats. Um, Bones Highland, who was a guy who I really wanted to draft and was a major disappointment to a lot of people, both in the NBA world and fantasy, he get shipped to the Clippers for nothing. And I don't understand why Denver did that, but okay. Um, Josh Richardson, Devontae Graham, whatever. Uh, Yeah, Mason Plumlee, Reggie Jackson. If Reggie Jackson gets bought out, this is a good topic of discussion. Uh, Let's go. Let's go to the other Jared on this. If Reggie Jackson gets bought out. Yes. is Is he another Westbrook candidate of like, oh, you're only getting paid a million dollars, huh? Sure, why not? Uh, I think it depends on where he ends up. Um, I, it's it's more than likely he's going to end up on a contending type team. Um, I I don't maybe I don't know where he would end up. Obviously not the Clippers because he just left there, um, so that kind of rules them out. Uh, maybe a team like the Suns. I think if that happens, then mm-hmm. you know. You can play him uh, as your backup point and two guard. Uh, I think that could be a good fit for him. Are there I other think... buyout candidates I'm thinking of between you you guys? Like it, it's Westbrook. It's uh, 
maybe Pat Bev, but uh, Reggie Pat Jackson, definitely. John Wall. John Wall. John Wall. Point guards. John Wall been that great this year for the Clippers? He has had a hard time staying on the floor, and he's also, I mean, that Clippers team is so deep. Like he's not going to get regular. Like no nobody who's not Kawhi and PG thirteen and Zubots get regular minutes. It's totally situational. Um, the you know those they don't have anybody else. I mean now they do with Mason Plumlee, but they don't have anybody else to do what Zubots does. And then obviously Kawhi and PG thirteen or Kawhi and PG thirteen, and then everybody else is just kind of trying to fit into the orbit of whatever Tyloo wants to do in a given game. So. While I think some of us were hoping to see even the John Wall, the one year the Rockets actually let him play for them, um, and and thinking that he might play that much in L.A., that's just really crowded. So I, I think we almost start to look at it's going to be a tier, um, and Russ is probably the you know the number one buyout point guard that teams are going to chase, and then maybe it's uh, some in some order, Pat Bev, John Wall, Reggie Jackson. And if you don't get Russ, if you were a team that was trying to get him, maybe you get Reggie Jackson, or maybe you get Pat Bev, or maybe you get John Wall. So any team that we mentioned for any of those guys, like we mentioned Minnesota for Pat Bev, well, if Pat Bev doesn't go to Minnesota, maybe he goes back to the Clippers. Well, maybe Reggie Jackson goes there, or maybe John Wall goes there, or if so for some reason Miami doesn't get Russ, maybe Reggie Jackson or Pat Beth goes there. Um, if Chicago doesn't get Russ, I can see Reggie Jackson going there and actually getting to start, which is you know I think at this stage of his career probably fairly important to Reggie Jackson. He's still he's still fighting for his next contract, um, and so I think you know maybe he's swayed by that the fact that he could slot right in as the starting point guard for the Bulls. Whereas Russ maybe wants to be closer to a ring. Uh, JRK, I want to piggyback off of that. Uh, the Rockets, Clippers, and Grizzlies did this weird deal. Um, anything to make out of Luke Kennard or Eric Gordon or Danny Green, which, oh, Memphis, we love Danny Green, you know, great locker room presence. See, yeah, okay, he's out. Anything? Nothing? I mean, Eric Gordon probably starts at point guard for the uh, for the Clippers. Um, Kennard actually, the, the Grizzlies have not been a great three point shooting team, but Kennard, that's kind of the one thing he does well when he plays. So maybe that helps them out a little bit. He hasn't played a whole lot this year with the Clippers. So let's see. And, uh, the Rockets are going to buy out Danny Green and John Wall. I'm 99.9% sure of that. Okay, uh, that's, so they, they get a couple picks. Cool. Um, uh, this is open for anyone to jump in on. Anything to make out of Dario Sarge on the Thunder or Darius Baisley on the Suns? Are they waiver wire candidates? I think that was just a luxury tax type thing for for the Suns um, because they just brought on the giant contract that is Kevin Durant. Uh, I I don't really see Baisley getting much playing time um, for them, to be honest. Fair. I don't know. I don't um, know what the Thunder are doing, so who knows what Sarge? Also fair. I'm watching Sarich. I don't know what they're doing either, but like that's that's kind of intriguing based on how he's been playing uh, since the calendar flipped and he came back from his injury. But like 
that's more of a wait and see thing rather than a run out and get in thing. The one thing yeah. with Baisley that's kind of interesting is like, um, I don't know, if, if he's healthy right now, we know KD is not, and we know Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder just got sent uh, across the country. And so, and we just mentioned when we talked at the, at the top about the KD trade that who do they have in that slot right now? Tory Craig? Um, you know, who, who do they put there? Well, Darius basically might soak up some short-term minutes, and he's no more than four million. Um, yeah, I, I think just somebody, he's, like, he's like a little over four. Yeah, so if somebody had, you know, a fair amount of cap space, maybe one of their players, you know, who was cheap just had a significant role change or something like that. Um, basically, could be worth a speculative ad. You just got to be ready to cut him when, as soon as KD comes back, because yeah, then he's not getting any play time. All right, so a, a streamer. Um, I I checked on the Josh Hart price, and he's twelve million, so he's not eligible to be ever discussed in a fantasy <laughs> basketball uh, salary cap league. Um, Matisse Thibel plays only defense. That's one side of the court, and really, offense is the most important thing for fantasy. So he's irrelevant. I do like Jalen McDaniels for the. For I was the just about to say, though. yeah, Jalen yeah. McDaniels. Yeah, that's. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh. I think he's already owned in our league, though. I'm pretty sure he is. I believe he is. The two McDaniel's were like, were good. Jaden and Jalen, like those, those are those are good, good players. Um, and I'm looking for the rest of these trades, and they're all pretty much uh pointless. Okay, gentlemen, let's get to the real deal before this podcast ends. The reason I've actually gathered you all here today is because this is the point in the season where we all have to look each other in the eyes. We look at our league how many points we've all scored, and how many games played our teams have scored. And we have to make a decision. Am I trying to win, or am I not trying to win? Now, at a certain point, I gave Mr. Ross King a lot of advice because I wanted him to win the championship. And we were talking on the podcast about it, uh, adding and dropping, who to pick up. I was coaching him through it. And gentlemen, I I think I have a legitimate chance at, at getting second place with a bullet and I'm here today to discuss some options. Will you help get me to second place? Maybe. I'm right behind you in standing. So I will not. I'm, I'm behind everybody in standing. So sure. Why not? But um, this is so off topic, but I just want to say that Will Sloan, the, the mad genius that he is, he has 11 more games played than I do, and I'm like right behind him. I can I can overtake him for a second. Well, I think the other thing that we need to mention that I think maybe Mr. King is not mentioning out of modesty or wanting to fly under the radar, but about you shut this up. Time I don't know. I know what you're gonna say. Shut up. Stop it. About this time last year. Ah, damn it. He had so about the he was about this place in the standings and he had about this many games played and he won the whole thing. So well, but his team is not as good this year as it was last year. And uh the number one most team with the most games played is actually Professor John's team. Um but I'm under, like I'm still like on track to be under like the games played limit. So it's not like I'm like on the over and I'm going to like cap out before the season ends. Um, 
so brass tacks. I have a list of guys I'm watching. I'm going to I'm going to toss out some names and I want everyone anyone to stop me when they hear a name that they're actually interested in talking about because otherwise these are all relatively cheap players, waiver wire dudes. I just want to kind of get through this. So stop me if you hear someone you're actually interested in talking about. Ty Jerome, Isaiah Joe, the other Jalen Williams, Trendon Watford, Christian let's Braun. Talk let's talk about Isaiah Joe. I realize that, you know. That I was so many names ago. <laughs> it was. I wanted, to, I wanted to know if you, there was anybody better that you were going to talk about. But I'm not you done know, yet. number one thing with Isaiah Joe, what team does he play for? The Thunder. And yeah. we know SGA is about to get a hangnail and get shut down after the all-star yep. break. If, yep. if Sam Presti is smart, he may, you know, shut down um, Giddy. Giddy. He might, you know, yeah. hope he doesn't shut down uh, the Jalen Williams without the Y in his name because he's on my roster. But the Thunder are a wild card. And, you know, Isaiah Joe has been one of those guys who, like when he plays Summer League, when he plays G League, when he plays, you know, Anytime he actually is getting minutes, he's he's a he's like a poor man's Cam Thomas when he gets minutes. Um, and we've just seen what happens with Cam Thomas when he actually gets minutes that matter um, and is having to carry a team's offense. I will say, right as of right now, SGA is not shut down. Giddy is not shut down. Um, Jalen Williams is not shut down. So, you know, Isaiah Joe do you want to run out and get him right now? Probably not. But the first injury or the first shutdown that happens with any of those folks, um, he's worth considering, especially because he's so cheap too. Man, I'm, I'm staring at my roster and I'm like, I don't know if I can, I can drop anyone, but man, oh man, do I want to drop? someone for some OKC players. I'm so tempted. Um, yeah, they're going to shut down everyone on that team. A every team in the win by almost week six is going to shut down people. So like, all right, I'll, I'll continue with the list. Uh, Edmund Sumner, uh, Christian Braun, I mentioned. Aaron Neesmith, Kobe White, Quentin Neesmith. Grimes. Neesmith. Um, Grimes had a good like two or three week run for me earlier this year. Um, he's streaky and he, the thing you know about Grimes and you probably know this as a Knicks fan, unless you have just, you know, stopped watching because it was too painful. Um, Grimes has Tibbs trust. Yep. Because he plays defense. Because he plays so, defense. That is correct. So like he's Grimes is getting the minutes. We all thought. Reddish would get because they gave up a first for him, but Grimes is the one in that role right now. Oh, he's so, getting the minutes quickly should have gotten, but quickly doesn't play defense. Um, so yeah, Grimes is getting 30 something minutes a night. You know, if when he gets on a heater, he's definitely worth owning. Uh, he kind of hit a wall after about, like I said, three weeks to a month, uh, towards the end of 2022. Um, where he's not really contributing offensively that much anymore, but you don't know when that'll change. Um, and chances are like there's, I would not be surprised if even Josh Hart, who they just, you know, made this trade to get, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Hart doesn't really have a, an effect on Quentin Grimes' minutes. Tibbs loves the guy. So that's something you have to factor in. He's only like $2.2 million. Um, and you had said one other name, like two, one or two guys before that. Uh, All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll recap real quick. Ty Jerome, Isaiah Joe, Jalen Williams with the Y, Trendon Watford, Christian Braun, Edmund Sumner, Aaron Neesmith, Kobe Neesmith. White, Quinton Grimes. That's, that was the list at, at, up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Neesmith, um, he's been on a heater lately. You know, he's a hit and miss guy too, but like that team needs spacing for their offense to work. Uh, that was his reputation coming out of Bandy when he got drafted. Um, wow, we did draft analysis. <laughs> when he, um, he got buried in the Celtics depth chart because they just have so had had so many good young players on their team uh, in recent years, and so now he's on one of these teams like Indiana, who's they're not contending for anything. They they need no. to see what what who Neesmith is. So you know. He's probably more of a streamer than somebody you want to keep. But, like, if he's producing for you, keep him for a week. Um, and then Kobe White is interesting because if if the Bulls just get totally shut out on the buyout market because everybody's like, you guys are maxing out in the play-in. I am not going to you. I'll just cash my checks at home or I'll go to a contender. Um, Kobe White may be getting more and more uh, minutes at the point because, well, Goran Dragic doesn't really have a future. Ayodesumu is under contract. Kobe White was a lottery pick that they have to figure out whether to bring back. Um, and so as the Bulls, you know, if they move into playing out the string, uh, Kobe White's good. But I would say that's more a keep an eye on him for March and April rather than go get him right now. Yeah, the season ends in, in April. Um, Aaron Nebhard. Darius Baisley, my beloved Santi Aldama, uh, Max Struess, and Gabe Vincent, the sort of two dirt cheap shooters for the Heat. Uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Jalen Suggs owned in 45% of leagues? Get the hell out of here. Walker, the fourth, is done. There's no, like, he's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He has no role there anymore. I mean, he's 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 a bench score at best. Okay. Um, Suggs has been playing pretty well at the bench of late, so I think he's worth a flyer. Um, he owned it forty five percent of leagues. That's so many. Because they're also taking into account, you know, leagues that aren't salary cap leagues. No, I know, but just like that's that's so high. Um, some schmo dropped PJ Washington. What a dud. <laughs> I yeah, I dropped him. Oh, that um, was you. What? Oh. <laughs> yes, you wacko. Um, I. I I'll give you analysis as a PJ Washington owner, and I've been a PJ Washington truther since his second year in the league. Um, the dude is maddeningly inconsistent to own. He's a good guy to have on your team, but he will score 40 fantasy points one night and then give you single digits the rest of the week. And so you know how many players like that I like we all own? Like we all own people who do that, but like Plumley's out. Plumley's gone. Yeah, not single digits though. And Mark Williams, who the league leader picked oh, up. Oh, that's right. That's who's going to be getting Plumlee's minutes. And I was was this. I will tell you, I was the schmo who 
uh, was writing a work email in the final, you know, half hour before the deadline, come back to the group chat, see Plumlee's been dealt, immediately go to look for Mark Williams, and then see Gone. like, you know, and literally see that our league leader mentioned the move that he made, like, you know, two messages down from that. And I'm like, oh, you know, who am I to try to write a work email during that last hour before the deadline? Yeah, Mark yeah, Williams is the guy who's been hitting from Plumlee. Uh, PJ is going to be doing the same thing he's done all year, which is, you know, you're going to be ecstatic, you know, for two games out of every two weeks, and you're going to be beating your head against the wall for the rest of the time. Um, so everyone here got a fun pickup to brag about, and we're going to end the show by me saying, I did pick up Josh Green. Eh? Eh? Props? Cool. I think that's a good move. Um, eh? Oh, I know that. I just I just wanted everyone to, to give me a little applause. <laughs> no, I would have yeah. if you hadn't said it so many times, but because you were trying to bait for applause, I just decided to give you nothing. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and also, I finally got Walker Kessler back, and he's not going anywhere. I had him day one, and then I was like, ah, I, I need to get rid of him because I need to clear up space for SGA, and then he came back to me. And if it, it's true love because he came back to me. So thank you, Walker Kessler. Wait, Dude, is, the, is the trade deadline in our league up? Do we have a trade deadline in our league since we don't do. make playoffs? What if I want to clear some cap space to pick up some of these waiver guys who I like, but I don't have to trade worry. deadline is March 20th at noon. Oh, ah. interesting. Well, okay. You um, have about uh, a week and a half. How do you guys feel about you two specifically taking on a Jaden Ivy? Or Apollo Bancaro or a Fred Van Bleet. I'm listening to Paolo. What's up? I'm listening to Jaden Ivey and Paolo Bancaro. No takers on Van Bleet, though. Van Bleet's $21 million, dude. Yeah, I, for me, I have, to get up, I have to give up Dimwitty at that price, and Dimwitty's going to like, he's going to have a really good rest of the year, and I'm not giving him up. I, I will tell everyone, though, that a week ago, Fred Van Vliet put up 34 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, one steal, one block for 60 fantasy. And then the next night got 40 fantasy. And then the night before he got 41 fantasy. And then the night... actually I'm going to keep him because he's been in a, on a streak of like 40 and 50 point fantasy games for like a, like a month. All right, he's been killing it. No, never mind. I'm not trading him. You idiots could have had him. <laughs> okay. What a legend. Um, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk offline about uh, Bankero and Ivy because there's a lot of guys who I want to pick up and I just like, I, I can't depart with with Josh Green and I can't depart with Daniel Gafford who's killing it and I can't depart with Herb Jones who, eh, maybe I can, I don't know. Um, and Drew Eubanks sounds like a game show host. Like, okay. <laughs> he was competitive down the stretch for me last year. Uh, he, yeah, he was one of the, the Portland Trailblazers. Him and Trenton Wofford. I was just like, I don't know who these people are, but they're playing minutes and they're getting points. So, you know, mazel tov. My goal is to catch Will, though, at, at second. You can do it. God, I'm going to catch that son of a bitch. 
It's so sad that I have to aim for second. Like I can't aim for first. Like first, I I told you, JRK in September. I was like, that's a wrap. This is a done deal. Yeah, but as league managers, we have the powers to bench everybody on everybody else's team and just fly past them. So we should exercise those powers. No. Um, (laughs) We're gonna wrap the show up. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Russo. You can follow him on Twitter at Jared Ross King. And uh, you can find Professor John at the local library renting some Blu-rays of movies he has not seen. Right. And we used to end everything with, you can't follow me because I didn't want you to follow me, but I've even deactivated my Twitter account, so you definitely can't follow me. That's probably the smart move based on uh, Twitter is literally collapsing under the weight of its own stupidity. Like, it did not work the other day. And... It is just getting worse by the day, dude. Yeah. So sad. So sad. So I won't be even following the two of you. Um, That's fair. That's, That's rude. Fair. No, no, no. He, no, he's earned that right. No, 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 right. no. I'm going to say it's rude. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to zig where you zag. Sure. Uh, what What else are, are you known for other than doing that exact thing? So, all right. You can end the recording and... Uh, Oh, there's been a chat room? Yeah. Oh, wow. People have been talking in this chat room. Yep. Well, that's interesting. Huh. Way to notice. Way to, way to be aware. I'm like conducting the orchestra. I'm looking at, at, at stuff and I'm, you know, I'm trying to set people up for... And, and, the, and the show. And the show. Why? You know I'm gonna edit this all out anyways. It doesn't matter. No, you're not. I am. I, I cut off the ends of these the stupid. Have you? The end. Have you seen Cars 